My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances, whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hi, this is Matt. And this is Brad from Parklandia. We were lucky enough to be featured on the show Committed by Joe Piazza. Here's a snippet of that show now. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. <laughs> the plan was to uh, be nomads. I mean, like, I wish it was more complicated or there was actually more strategic planning, but we wanted to just be able to explore this beautiful country and the national parks especially. Trial by error. And that trial by error was really rough in the beginning. Last year, Brad and Matt Kerouac gave up their very comfortable and very secure lives to live as nomads in an RV no bigger than most people's bathrooms. It's been tough. Like, it's been really, really hard, and we've had to dig deep and see if we really want to be together. There's no doubt about it that Living this lifestyle will challenge you in every single direction of your life. Yes. And it's like kind of horrifying, but also just like the most exciting, thrilling thing ever. I definitely feel that we've had in the RV, like our highest highs for sure, best memories, and also like our lowest lows. So it's like all the extremes crammed to like a 26-foot trailer. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. Matt and Brad have been together for four years now, and they've spent the better part of the last year traversing the country in their RV. But before all that, they met on Tinder. And this was, I think, both of our first times actually, like, using Tinder felt like an actual possibility, as opposed to, like, all these other Tinder matches or non-matches where you're just like, meh. 
probably went back and forth and talked for a couple weeks, I would say, before meeting. Yeah, because I was just busy wrapping up my activism for marriage equality in Illinois, which I said I'd never get married. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are today. But yeah, no, I think it's just one of those crazy instances where we both weren't expecting anything out of Tinder. And, and we both just downloaded the app. You know, we really only talked to each other. Brad came to meet me at my loft I was currently renting in Chicago. He was living in the suburbs at the time, so probably like 40 minutes away. And it's kind of miraculous that we even matched because I don't know like what my geographic range was on Tinder, but I don't think it (laughs) allotted for suburbs. Um, farther than uh, than we both expected. Yeah, Brad must have been in the city or something at the time where he popped up on my app. Yeah, I was was, was, like happy and I was like, Mm -hmm. I was so, I don't know. It was just, it was a different feeling. They went to this cute little dessert shop in an area of Chicago known as the Ukrainian Village, Black Dog Gelato. They took a walk. Matt gave Brad an adorable nickname. Matt said, you know what, I'm going to call you Basil because the first ice cream we ate together was Basil. And so we kind of bonded over food really quick. And it also got serious really quick. I basically moved in right away. It felt right. It absolutely did. Although looking back in retrospect, I'm like, wow, that's a lot faster than the average. But for us, it really worked. We got engaged, like, I think literally three months after we met. And the funny part about that is one of my, uh, our friends, uh, she said, you guys are just a bunch of lesbians. You got, <laughs> you moved in, you have two dogs. For lesbians, it's cats. But it was, you know, those stereotypes. She was just making that funny joke and kind of resonated. <laughs> we got married, I think it was nine months after the engagement. One year to the day that yeah, we met. Actually. Right, pretty much exactly one year to the day. And it was Labor Day weekend. We got married at Brad's cousin's house in the suburbs of Chicago in this town called Warrenville. The whole wedding was like super personal and had all these little intimate touches. Like not only was the location special for us, but all the food was special. The people who made our cake, Dave and Megan Miller, own this place in Chicago called Baker Miller. They made us a special kind of tiered bunt cake, which was so delicious and I think it just wonder. I think it had been. Was it banana? Yes, I yeah, think banana plum. Banana plum, amazing. Yeah. And then we also had, of course, black dog gelato. Location of our first date. They were there with this little vintage-looking ice cream cart thing that they would push around the yard. We had sparklers instead of flowers in the middle of the table. We, it was everything with sparklers because it was all outside themed, and it was just. It was a really yes. magical, fun, easygoing night. <laughs> it was. A, it was a fun. Very wedding. good. <laughs> After their wedding, Matt was working as a freelance food and travel writer. Brad did marketing and events for Maple Syrup Farm. They bought their adorable loft in the Ukrainian village neighborhood in Chicago together. And they were completely in love with it and each other. The neighborhood was homey, filled with wonderful people, coffee shops, and restaurants. It was Brad who made their apartment a real home. Before they got together, Matt was eating off paper plates with plastic forks. One of the first things Brad did was get them some proper plates, some silverware. They nested for a couple years, and they loved their nest. The problem is, both of them were on the road all the time. They hardly saw each other. We saw each other probably 
for two days every three weeks for the entire D of 2018. It was a lot, yeah, because I was traveling a lot. I would have a lot of work trips, and then Brad would also be working and traveling for the... I was on the maple trail. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So it just got to the point where, like, we needed to make some adjustments, serious adjustments, so that we can see each other on a more regular basis. Everything started to change when Matt visited the Badlands in South Dakota for a story. He fell obsessed with national parks. I became obsessed with them kind of overnight. I just became infatuated and it triggered this like curiosity where I wanted to learn more about national parks, visit more national parks. Not only was I personally obsessed with them and wanting to visit them, but as a travel writer, I was able to write more about national parks and then Since 2016, I've kind of pivoted more towards that, focusing on writing about nature and national parks. But writing about national parks would mean even more time apart for the new couple. The answer, the only answer as they saw it, was for them to travel together. And to travel together, that meant they had to become nomads. I just said, Matt. Let's look into getting an RV. And he started thinking about it. We started talking about it. Since I work remotely and I can be anywhere, there was really no reason why the RV wouldn't work. And the RV thing is like kind of this Americana dream that a lot of people have, including me. Like I had been on an RV trip with my family when I was 11 or 12 or something and remember it probably as one of my favorite vacations ever. About 20 days later, I'm looking at RVs. 30 days later, I'm buying an RV and Matt's like freaking out because I'm like, oh, yeah, we need to each put down three grand because we keep our finances separate. Everything is 50 percent. So that way it's very equal within our relationship. And Matt's money is Matt's money and my money is mine. But we share in the journey together. During that time, he's like, like three grand. What? He goes, you told me it was going to be zero down. I'm like, yeah, but then this financing and blah, 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 blah. And it was just one of those fun parts where the dynamics kind of shifted. They had hoped they could Airbnb their loft, but that was against the HOA rules. So they ended up having to sell it. Fast. I was in Chicago for two weeks, completely flipped the house. It was a crazy whirlwind of a time to get that on the market so quick. But, you know. We did it, yeah. We did it. And unfortunately, when we put it on the market, it was November. So then you have Thanksgiving. You have Christmas. Then Chicago is going through one of the worst winters ever. Then you had government shutdown. It took us six months to sell it in a market that takes 30 days. And so that was really difficult and very strenuous, not only on financial, but our interpersonal relationship because of how we handle finances. So there was times where I actually had to borrow money from Matt because it just drained me. It created these little moments of panic like, oh, my gosh, did we make a huge mistake? Because we were that was like that loft was like our dream home in like the perfect neighborhood with the perfect neighbors, surrounded by all of our favorite restaurants and coffee shops and friends living close by. So that was stressful for sure. We ended up getting it figured out though as a team. It all worked out. Time for a quick break. When we get back, Brad and Matt hit the road. So if you like that and want to hear the full episode, check out Committed. We'll link to it in our show notes too. As always, thank you for listening.
My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances, whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. 